Many companies, including IKEA, have been surprised and have not researched enough how they need to adapt their offer to the new market. Right. When you go there, you start up, you notice it doesn't work, and you have to start to adapt. This process can take some time. If you have institutional ownership with quarterly earnings and short-term profit demands, there isn't the patience to stick it out for a number of years before you become profitable. Yeah. In the IKEA case, it's a foundation, but there's a strong owner behind it, always having a very long-term perspective of everything we've done since 65 years back. Right. We can move into a country and say, it doesn't matter if we're unprofitable for 10 years, because to stick it out for a number of years, mm -hmm. for us, it's the next 50, 60 years. Right. And so many companies just don't have that horizon. No, and it is a competitive disadvantage. So if you are privately held, or you have a strong owner with at least a majority, that's a big advantage. Absolutely. And the last reason is in order to go into emerging markets, you need to have a very profitable home base. There has to be something that finances this for a number of years. Right. Especially when we move into a contraction of the economy like we have now. Many of these retailers find it hard in their home markets. So they're starting to lose money or their profits are going down. Right. The base is eroding. The patience from the shareholder is, is being reduced. Uh -huh. A logical consequence of that is you start to reduce global yeah, expansion. Exactly. You pull back. You close a few countries. It's the quick way of reducing uh -huh. your cost base. Uh -huh. Anders, what kept you up at night as CEO of IKEA? If I would be in the telecom business, what would keep me up probably is the level of innovation and how it all changes very fast and how can we be part of that and not be sidestep. Right. IKEA is in a very stable business. A chair has been a chair since three or four hundred years and most likely <laughs> exactly. people will still need furniture. Well, that's true. So it doesn't really keep me awake that part. Mm -hmm. Competition doesn't keep me awake either because I've seen very little innovation coming out of the home furnishing retail sector. Most of the innovation that has happened has happened in IKEA. Mm -hmm. We have been the driver of it. Mm -hmm. IKEA is today market leader in almost all markets. And the threshold or the barrier of entry or expansion for anyone else has increased. And it is very difficult to compete with IKEA today. What does keep me awake is the biggest threat to IKEA is IKEA itself. Mm. The prospect of growth is the killer for us. So why is that a problem? First of all, we're still in the first generation of owners, and we haven't seen the transmission to the next. What the effects of that will be in terms of dilution or not of the vision and values and how that makes the company tick is at least a potential. I'm not saying it will be, but it is a potential problem. And then you have mm -hmm. the threat of complacency when the company is doing well, as it has been for a very long time. You can feel it creeping in. Mm -hmm. You're not on the edge. Yeah. You're doing very well. It's a constant battle to create a feeling of energy in the organization. Another big one is just the size of the company creates bureaucracy. There's 125,000 co-workers today. Ten years ago, we were 7,000 with triple sales. Mm -hmm. It's a big company. It's a different company. And when this continues, it's inevitable that you get bureaucracy. Even if you fight it every day, do everything you can, it just happens. Ooh. Management is more distanced from the customers. Inevitably, this will slow the company down, make it less competitive. So how can you bypass these problems? You can't say, I'll stop growing. That's the engine and motivation of all people. One thing, maybe it's for the new management and owners to contemplate. In order to forego the situation where we become too big and uncompetitive, could be to break up the company. Mm.
Right. I haven't seen a company yet that have done that from a position of strength. Usually if it happens, it's when you're mm -hmm. down and out. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point because we did an interview with Charles Handy, the social, cultural, business oh, thinker. Great guy. And one of his arguments was this concept of the S-curve, yeah. when you should jump, whether you should personally jump to a new job or when a company should jump to a new offering or using the IKEA example, when they should contemplate even breaking it up. Mm. He argued that you should do that just at the moment when everything is going great, when you have all the positive energy in the world, when you have, in essence, upward momentum, yeah. and you're in a better position to weather what mm -hmm. happens because mm -hmm. of those changes. Now, human nature being what it is, you don't break up a company or contemplate a job switch these days unless things are really, really bad. I agree. And ironically, Handy would say not so ironically, mm -hmm. that's the worst possible time to do it because your energy level and your capability is so low. I'm not surprised you're saying that. I think he's a great thinker. I totally agree.